0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick. I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Monday afternoon. Just got done chatting with our friend Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times Dispatch. Just to sort of catch up with everything that's been going on here, Michael always has good thoughts about the ownership situation, what what a, what a new owner could mean for the stadium search. We got into those topics and, of course, talked about the commanders as well. The quarterback situation is Taylor Heineke more in the mix than maybe we all think. And a little bit about the uh, defensive line, moves to make with Deron Payne and others as well. So uh, we'll get to that in a moment here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast, which, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you do your podcasting. You know, I I do these things all the time. There's things that take three seconds to do, and you, I'll get to it later. Just right now, if you're not already, hit the subscribe button. You can do it there on, uh, on wherever you do the podcasting. Also, of course, you can you know follow me on Twitter at Ben Standing. Just go hit that button as well. And this one's a little more complicated because you got to pull out a credit card. But go check out the Athletic and subscribe there. Uh, I have a story up today about things I heard at the combine, including kind of just an overview of the defensive line. We're not talking much about Montez Sweat, but he is going into his fifth year. I got into that. Michael and I got. Uh, touched on it a little bit as well, but other topics in there beyond just the defensive line. So make sure to check all of that out. Um, I don't have a ton else to tell you here at the top. I did just want to give a quick shout out, though, to uh, uh, Liz Clark for the Washington Post, who apparently is retiring today. I haven't had a chance to t- talk to Liz. I say today. I don't I necessarily know that her end date's today, but just she's retiring. Liz has been uh, at the post for you know, as long as I've been doing this, and easily, easily, one of my favorite people on this beat and and uh, just a great writer to such beautiful prose and and poetry in her work. She obviously has done a lot over the last couple of years regarding uh, the Washington Post's uh, look into dan snyder and the in the in the commander's organization. But you know, I, I always loved her her tennis work. I would see her often when I would go to the city open. Uh, here which was one of my favorite events to cover as a reporter she was uh, always there and always a great to talk to um and just i thoroughly enjoyed her her work and her uh camaraderie over the years and i wish her the best going forward um so that is where we are here so just in terms of the commanders you know the owners meeting is at the end of this month free agency starts the 15th of march about about their tampering period of maybe the day before. So that's the next big deal here for Washington. Um, what will they, you know, do they have any other uh, players to, to release? How much will they do in free agency? You know, you've heard me already say, I, I just see feels like that budget talk is becoming a real thing. So I don't, I don't have too much confidence that they'll, do uh, a ton but you don't have to spend a lot of money to improve your team either you know relatively speaking so we'll see what they can do they found some good bargains back in 2020 this would be a good opportunity to do that again and if you haven't heard uh Kansas City is apparently not going to place the franchise tag on left tackle Orlando Brown um seems like a little surprising but they used the tag on him last year and as we know two tags in a row can get out of hand so perhaps they sign him to a deal if not he hits free agency, and as we know, uh, Washington needs offensive line help. If this was the earlier version of Dan Snyder, I might think Washington would be a team to beat, but in this iteration, I don't see that happening. Michael and I do get into this as well, um, but we'll see. Uh, you know that That's going to be a big one. Also, if you missed it, Derek Carr is signing, or he has signed with the Saints. There wasn't anything about him coming here at all, but... Now that you know, we'll, we'll see what the next dominoes are in the quarterback uh, situation around the league. Because even if I think that Washington won't spend much on quarterback, perhaps the price comes down on some other people, depending on what shakes out. Does Aaron Rodgers get moved? Uh, what what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, who who is eyeing the draft over veterans, et cetera? And all this could impact whether it's Taylor Heineke or Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, or others. Uh, that we might consider here in Washington. So keep that in mind as well. All right, uh, that is it for me here. Let's get to my conversation with the always fun Michael Phillips here on the Standard Groom Only podcast. All right, as promised, uh, joining us here on the podcast, it's been a minute since we've had him on, but obviously one of our go-to guests throughout the season, Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Michael, uh, pleasure to chat. How is your uh I, I hate to say off season because we don't have one covering this team <laughs> but how was your time away from ashburn i'll say
2: well there was like a four hour period there where there was no news uh in mid-january so i i kind of consider that the off season really maximized it ran some errands went to Seven Eleven. got a slurpee uh and then it was back to the season mode um it got. i feel like i write more in the off season than i do in the season with this team um and lest anybody think we enjoy that um I enjoy aspects of the stories we cover because they're they're wild, but no, I, I wouldn't mind an off season.
1: Yeah, thing. I've I've said this before on here, and and I did a whole bit on the radio Saturday. But like everybody in in indie, they would see me, and I suspect the others on the beat had the same reaction. Like every time they would see me, they'd be like, "Oh, you're having fun
2: today," or "Your beat's crazy," <laughs> or whatever was whatever I, was happening at that moment. I'm like, "Yeah." I think ten. my favorite is you know every couple of months I'd be like oh my goodness, I have the craziest beat. Something happened and then another thing happened and I don't even know what to do about it. We're all just rolling our eyes. like It was like, oh, the Arizona Cardinals are like, we are the most dysfunctional team. Like, yeah, okay, you you fired the general manager and Kyler's unhappy. Like, we've got a way higher bar here. (laughs) Yeah,
1: just just a little bit. Get out of town. (laughs) absolutely so speaking of that let's let's talk about that we're just going to sort of bounce around with different topics let's start with the owner stuff um obviously this is you know no matter what else is going on with sam howe or free agency or the draft or anything like that it's all about the owner and last week there were three stories essentially that kind of came out uh one about uh you know that dan snyder seems to be kind of uh, keeping Jeff Bezos at arm's length in terms of bidding. That's the least interesting, I would say, of the three, though. Obviously notable when you're dealing with that level of uh, notoriety and money. Um, then there was the Washington Post story about how Dan Snyder is basically kind of saying, look, if you know if I'm going to sell here, you guys, meaning the NFL, need to protect me against future lawsuits or issues or whatever that come up. And then the last one was, the massive uh, Don Van Nata story on ESPN, which sort of the headline was that D- Snyder took out a $55 million uh, loan that he didn't tell his minority partners about at the time. And there was a lot of other interesting, fun details about how Dan Snyder is getting gets money to put up a logo, a team logo on his plane and some other things of all that for you. Which one for you? Were you like, okay, this is this is the most interesting one in terms of whether this team, you know, what's going to happen with the future of this team?
2: I enjoyed the Van one. I mean, he's just so good. He's so wired in. Like, as reporters, sometimes you read you we read that read that reporting like, wow, it must be fun to be that good at what you do. Like, I don't know. I aspire to that. Um, so many details. And look, I mean, here's where I'm at. I'll go big picture for you, Ben. with with this whole thing, like, he's. I think he's going to sell the team before opening day 2023 season. I, I think before a football kicks off this year, the team is sold. I, I think I think there are two ways to do this here, the easy way and the hard way. And and look, I mean, the Roger Goodell, not stupid. You know, the NFL, not bad at what they do. They've got him over a barrel here with these loans, with these reports, with these other things. They can take the team from him and they they could potentially run him into foreclosure with these loans too. And so I, I think the communication here is, look, we can do it that way if you want to do it that way. If you want us to, to squeeze you out or if you want us to vote you out, why don't you do it this way? You get to pick the buyer. You get to cash the money. We'll put out a nice statement that says, "Ah, oh, we enjoyed having Dan Snyder in the club. He's no longer in the. Cl- There's con- many contributions. I, 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 Dan has never been a kind of guy to go along with that, but I, I just think it makes far too much sense for that to be the outcome at this point. Yeah, I mean
1: it it is such a bizarre deal that like he would like for them to vote him out, obviously like that just doesn't happen. It's never happened in uh in yeah. US pro sports. uh obviously that's the embarrassing way to go versus the other way is what whatever the number is, five million, six million, whatever it is, that's how much he would get, you know, for this team to sell. Uh yeah, I mean it seems like this should be a relative no brainer, but obviously we've
2: been so we've said that for hundreds of topics um in these um, parts. He- you know, if we're setting up the percentage wheel, I don't think he gets voted out. I think they'd be far more likely if he if he puts up a fight to say, we'll wait this out for a few years. We're we're going to bankrupt you on the loan as opposed to we're, we're going to force your hand now. Now, that would be an unpleasant two years. But the upside of that is if you can catch him at the tail end of the loan, you could potentially take the team back and he wouldn't profit from the sale, which I, I would assume is being threatened in private.
1: Oh, wow. That's a whole other a whole other, uh, deal. You know, I I think the thing about this is ultimately is that Dan Snyder seems to be, as far as everything we know, is one of those people who can never just admit that he's wrong, that ultimately there's always some other reason why something else happened. We've seen it throughout this whole situation with, um, you know, that, that he wasn't around the organization enough. He should have been more hands-on and, you know, other people were doing things and that's why, you know, what happened happened. Um,
2: and Bruce Allen, can you even believe Bruce Allen? The gall of that man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Ex- ex- exactly. And so when you can't admit that you're wrong, if that's a real struggle for you, well, then it's sort of a never-ending bottom because you just keep going. And I think ultimately the bottom to admit that you were
2: wrong would be selling
1: the team, right? Because- sure.
2: It, let's be clear though on the bottom because I, I think this is maybe the most interesting thing about the Vietnam report to me. The NFL has worked so hard to cover for this guy over the last decade it, it's almost not a surprise that he now is stunned that that, that they're actually serious about making himself you look at this they sided with him in the char dispute they sided with him for many years in the name dispute they sided with him over the loan um they've covered for they, they they got the wilkinson report delivered orally i mean you look at the number of ways they have covered up for this guy in the name of preventing pr disasters the bills come due on the other side too.
1: Yeah. No, uh, no, no doubt. No doubt about it. Um, no doubt about it, but I, I'm with you in terms of the timing. I mean, it's, it's felt like this thing has been going on longer than um, people. I think uh, imagine a few months ago There doesn't seem to be a lot of momentum right now. So the, the, I mean, the owner's meeting is this month. We keep talking about this as if it's, you know, some far off uh, moment, which it was several months ago, but it's here now. And, you know, obviously something could come out of the blue, but it doesn't feel like that's where, um, where we're at at this point. Uh, what um, what what do you think is sort of the I don't know what what, what do you think? Is there like a a, a, ne- a next marker you're looking for in the schedule and the timeline or one of these, uh, you know, reports, investigations, something that could come or come out that maybe, uh, you know, pushes this thing one way or the other?
2: I really think all this noise now is a sign that progress is happening. I think different people are trying to push the price in their preferred direction, whether that's up or down. Obviously you got a lot of rich people who are used to getting good deals on things or used to to getting the highest dollar when they sell something. I, I wouldn't be even a little bit surprised if if something, you know, were to just pop out of nowhere and this thing's done right before the meeting. I, I am, I do still have the meeting circled. I think if it's not done by the meeting, Uh, you're going to hear some noise from some owners there. And uh, I think that's where it has a chance to get contentious. So I I really do think we're in crunch time here.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the fact that Jason Wright at that Eric B. press conference, you know, said that this is happening, basically. Yeah. Was pretty, like, I I heard, I was like, wait, what? Because they they don't typically say anything about anything um, unless it's a picture on his lap. Uh, about what, uh, what's, what's the, <laughs> um, Good pull there. yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm with you there to that, to that extent. And, you know, I think with what I heard in Indy from, from people and just getting trying to read the various rooms I was in, you know, you definitely get the feeling that it was happening, but whether it's, you know, three weeks, three months, that, that's the part that's uh, a bit more unknown. Um, I, I don't know if you, if, if, uh, you've already had your draft in your, uh, fantasy owner league, uh <laughs> p- p- potential owner league but is there somebody for you that at this point of the names we've heard or perhaps ones we haven't that for you is uh where you're going to keep keeping your eye on or somebody you think like for the good of the team would actually be uh, a good way to go
2: man and I you know I, I keep coming back to not Bezos um I, I really do think uh that, that it, it's not going to be him I I think that it's going to be one of these other guys but man you know throw, throw a dart hit the board I, there, there's just so many of them uh, you know I, I I know they're probably down to a few obviously you guys reported they, they were doing that round of bidding, which I would imagine would kind of uh, cold cull, the group a little bit but it wouldn't even surprise me if somebody comes out of nowhere. Um, you know the thing I keep coming back on is if it's not going to be Bezos, obviously you're not talking about top dollar whatever that is. I do wonder if 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 Roger wouldn't prefer, a a black owner a minority owner that's something he's openly talked about before the need to get that representation in the league if you're dealing with a lot of similar prices uh if that's not the way the league would nudge dan um but but you know i you know i'd I'd be curious to hear your take on this but i i think as far as i'm willing to take this so far is you know not bezos and then beyond that you got your your harris's and uh you know you just you just open it up from there I, i think it's a tough room to read
1: yeah, I mean, I, like I said, this is not based on like I don't know how Jeff Bezos, you know, views uh, the quarterback market. I don't know what he would do with uh, Ron Rivera. I, you know, I don't know if he uh, is the kind of guy that wants to trade all his picks to do what the Rams did. I don't know, but in general, I don't want I I don't want that level of celebrity owner. I, I just think for I this is the, the absolute selfish call. I just think for us, I just wonder worry that it would be too much going on. Plus, like, is he ever going to be around? Like, I'm not saying I need the owner around, but around, but like, it doesn't have
2: to be Gary Jones, but you know, something, I I don't know. Is he ever going to do anything? I mean, I, I would be curious to see what the stadium looks like under, under Bezos. That would be my number one. Like you just know, like this thing would like blow SoFi out of the water, which SoFi was like $3 billion more than the next most expensive stadium. I, what he could do and what he could do at RFK, like, I, that that would be the fun part to me to see what they could do in terms of a home stadium. Uh the rest of it take it or leave it. Also I think Prime would be a cool team name. Um uh, but beyond that I yeah. I, I could take or leave it. I I don't think he'd be a good owner or a bad owner. I just don't think he's going to be the owner.
1: Yeah. And ultimately I I'm I'm with him. I feel like everybody's thinking it should happen, wanting it to happen. And look, obviously you know, we as as others did reported the other day that you know, he is uh, you know that Snyder is keeping him outside of the bidding circle, even though Bezos has, you know, spoken with investment bankers about possibly doing something. So I don't know what to make of it, but yeah, it feels like it. It feels like everybody wanting it to happen more than it, it is. But we'll see. He obviously has the wherewithal, um, to do it.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think so much of the conversation day to day gets driven nationally, and what's said on ESPN or podcasts or NFL Network, and, and you know, I, I just think the outside perspective is why wouldn't it be Bezos? And, and kind of the same, you know, what was the narrative in the 24 hours after the enemy was hired? Is why would he go to Washington? Like, you know, it, that, that's why you turn to the local people in these situations. Like, you provide the nuance. You know, we we say ah, there are a lot of good reasons Eric bien would be here. Um, There are a lot of good reasons Bezos wouldn't own the team. Uh, I'm always scared to just fall in line with the simplest possible narrative.
1: Right. Um, I'm uh, I'm with you on that. It's kind of like – also, let's be realistic. Everybody who just brings up Jeff Bezos, you know why? Because they have no other – who else are you going to – like, what else are you going to do? This isn't like saying Uh, the Jets just didn't get Derek Carr – because Derek Carr was the same, so now the, city, the Jets could get Aaron Rodgers. They could get Jimmy Garoppolo. We can name people there. Own who's gonna? Who's got billions?
2: <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're also not interesting people to talk about. Like here's our David Stewart podcast. Like we're really breaking down what he did with Worldwide Technologies. Now he'd be his owner of the Commanders. Like my goodness, I'm bored already, and I'm the person saying this, Ben. Like these are not fundamentally interesting people until you get to the guy who owns a rocket ship and is the richest man in the world.
0: you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: All right, let's go to the to the to the stadium. Now obviously we're nothing you know, nothing is really changing at this point until we have a new owner or here with no idea what what's going to happen. Now I think the the, the difference would be a new owner, almost anybody. Will be viewed as an upgrade over Dan Snyder, that somebody that these communities will actually be willing to partner with um, in variety of ways. I don't necessarily know that that means they'll be willing to put up massive taxpayer money to fund a stadium, but at least they won't feel the stink of having to deal with this matter. <laughs> Team, the way things are now. I know you were, you know, typically on the Virginia uh, side of this in terms of you thought that's where it was going to go, and clearly there was a lot of momentum until things kind of all fell apart. I would assume that RFK has got to be the favorite here. If in fact, uh, you know, a new owner, unless a new owner happens to be from, you know, uh, uh, the the Dulles Airport corridor or something, that that would be the most logical sense. Where are you at now with the stadium, uh, without without knowing who the owner is?
2: Yeah, I understand why RFK is a favorite. I would also really keep an eye on Anacostia Park across from Nats Park there, uh, which I think would be a pretty iconic site as well. The fundamental problem, Ben, with both of these sites is they're stadium sites. Uh, you know, you build a stadium there, you build a facility there, and that's the day, that's the scene. I do think it will be, I think it will be easy for a new owner to get the land at RFK. I think it would be hard for the new owner to get to build a mini city at RFK, the real estate development, the village. You go back and you look, I mean, that's what owning a sports team has been all about in the last decade. You look at what the Bears are doing at Arlington Park. You don't just build the stadium. You build a lot of real estate. You build hotels. You build retail. You build restaurants. You build office space. You build condos. And those things, in a way, subsidize the stadium or just subsidize your pockets and make you richer. We're talking about somebody who's going to buy a $6 billion team and put in $2 billion on a stadium right out of the gate. They might say, i got to go to Virginia. i got to go to Maryland. I got to recoup this investment. You know, we're talking about a lot of money here. Um, so, I, you know, I, I would not rule out those other places.
1: You know, I, I guess, okay. So you, you make the great point about the, wanting to, to make the, you know, these stadiums. It's not just a stadium anymore. It's having this mini city around it. And obviously there would be benefits for DC as well with restaurants and whatever. But I, you know, this season I went to, um, we you know, we, there was the game in Dallas, of course, and uh, it was the first time I had gone, and I went to not just the stadium, but I went one day to their practice facility area, which Brisco. is, yeah, which is very much just like all the, 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 you know, the, 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 the many cities we have here all over the place, um, yeah, you know, where it's got, uh, you know, Preston Town Center or whatever, yeah, yeah exactly. Ex- ex- exactly. What about that? Like, if in fact, I guess what I'm saying, if RFK could, is good enough for the stadium. And maybe some functional stuff, but not the whole deal. Could you then take, I don't know what, is it the the FedEx field land and Landover? Is it Ashburn? I know like sort of the idea is to get it all in one spot, but couldn't that be an alternative or is that just not, you you know, I mean, obviously we don't know who the owner is, but I mean, just in general, not in the cards.
2: Sure. I, I guess the counter question here is, is the brand strong enough to to sustain that? Like, what a crazy, like, I want to go back 10 years in a time machine and ask you that question, just so you could laugh at me hysterically. Like, of course, the Redskins brand is strong enough to sustain that. What are you talking about, Phillips? Like, I, are people going to a, fr- a commander's Frisco it, it, just on the strength of, ah, the commanders, they're associated with that. Like, ah, that's where their fields are, I right? Man, like, I'm sure somebody could do the research here, and I'm also sure that when the new owner takes over, if they put a winning product on the field, I do think people would come back right away. And I think there's some strength in in the brand and the history. But I think we gotta ask some hard questions here, which is like, is this a brand that's strong enough to to sustain a project like that? And I don't know that the answer is yes right now, which is which is a little scary if you're lining up real estate loans.
1: Yeah, that is a good uh, that is a good point. Um, and and
2: also, and also, by the way, I want to be in the room when you tell the players they have to move to Landover. <laughs> yeah, no, that that, <laughs> that 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 would be uh, that would be interesting
1: for sure. Um yeah, I mean look, I, you, you know, like they, they have the land in Ashburn, they have the land in Landover. Uh presumably all that would come in the sale
2: um with I... uh, for the for the team, so I, I don't think I've been controversial yet, so allow me to, to make say something that everybody will boo me for because I, sure. I think I do that a lot. I loved the Ashburn Quarry site. Of, of all the original sites, I thought that was a great site. On the Silver Line, right next to Dulles in a thriving area. Um, I think the, the Ashburn practice land right now almost certainly gets sold. It's just, it's just too valuable not to. Um, but I loved the Quarry site for a stadium out of the gate. I know everybody will boo me for that, but I thought those are really good sites. Yeah,
1: I, 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 I uh I I didn't physically go there. Um, but yeah, I mean the of the Virginia ones, that one to me certainly seemed to be the most palatable. Certainly not Dumfries um or, or, or anything further down there that gets us closer to asking a question to you of how <laughs> is this closer to Richmond or DC? Um but yeah, no, it'd be interesting. I mean, you know, I wish we had some better options in DC if the RFK one just isn't big enough, but um, you know, it is what it is, I guess on on that uh front uh my brain is scrambled since the combine everything is there anything else sort of on that businessy side whether it's with snyder or jason Wright or the nfl or anything else over there that uh you've got a a, a take on you'd like to uh un- unleash
2: no i've always said i do i do hope they entertain the idea of renaming i, I know that's probably not realistically on the board, but I think, you know, this is really kind of your only opportunity to get it right. I I hope they at least entertain the idea. Um, But I I do think it gets done this off season and and I don't think it fundamentally impacts the business. I know people want to say, ah, what does it mean for Chase Young? What does it mean for Montez Sweat? Like I think they can get done what they need to get done without opening up the purse strings, you know, without needing to make a big splash deal that needs approval or anything like that.
1: Well, let's uh, let's use that as a good transition to the the team itself. I mean, when when you say you don't think it's a big deal, you talking about this off season in terms of yes. So hypothetically, let, let's just say, Daron Payne was willing to you know four year deal, average of twenty one million a year, forty five million in guarantees, and Payne says I'm in. You think Snyder would is is in a position to say he
2: will sign off? on these types of things? No, but I, I think the new owner will show up before it's too late to sign off on these types of things. Like, I I, I don't think Snyder's gotten a single signing bonus check that, that he doesn't have to here in the interim. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be big on the guaranteed money, but there's other ways you can achieve that. You can, you know, you can give him a contract and say, hey, it's just loaded with guarantees in year one, or, you know, hey, it's this and it's a restructure or whatever down the line. Um, I think there's ways to achieve. I think with DeRon Payne, there is no clarity until there's a new owner. Um, but I, I, I'm, you, you tell me how you're reading the tea leaves. I think Ron really does want to get him signed to a long-term deal. I'm, I'm taking that at face value. Um, I
1: think he probably does. I'm just questioning that it can get done. I, I think. Sure. Like, he, here's an interesting sort of litmus test. I think, like, if we look at like a Logan Thomas, right. He is. Let me pull up the numbers here. He he's got uh It's it's like an eight million dollar cap hit, but there's like five million dollars savings. Um, and I don't know where you're at with like Logan Thomas, and I have not looked at like I haven't really studied his numbers versus like other tight ends. But like, okay, so he's he's got a six point. $3 million base salary this year, $8.675 million cap hit, $3.5 million dead cap. So they can save over $5 million by cutting him. He's 32, obviously didn't have a particularly strong year last year. He was okay, got better as the season went along and and far removed from that ACL. To me, he seems like, I don't want to say like a screaming salary cup, cap cut guy, because he does, pro- he does provide some locker room stuff and all that. Like it feels like that would be a pretty easy way to go. But yet Rivera and Mayhew were talking about it the other day, like they they wouldn't uh, that they would keep him. And what I'm wondering is, if you cut a guy like Logan Thomas, you then have to go out and spend money to get a guy like Logan Thomas. Sure, right? and it's going to you know potentially cost you some guaranteed money or long term deal. I wonder if they're almost looking at some of these guys and going to say, you know what, it's already here. Rather than go out and start over and have to deal with some of this other money stuff, we'll just go with what we have, even if it's going to cost us a little bit more in the short term. Uh, this is a little bit of a tinfoil hat thinking, but at the same point, I don't know. I am kind of wondering if that's where they're headed here.
2: The tinfoil hats are warranted at this phase from everything we've seen. Um, <laughs> I think Orlando Brown's maybe our first big test on that, right? Like a guy who definitely would require guaranteed money. Um, and a guy that they definitely should be in the hunt for, unless I'm really missing something obvious here. Um, I I think that'll be a pretty big test of this theory.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, right. Under normal circumstances, this would be a a no-brainer. Orlando Brown, Eric Bietamy, Dan Snyder called, you know, Figure out what you need to do, get it done. You probably overpay him two years from after he signed a deal. Probably questioning why he signed the deal because that's what happens here. Not ah, oh, you
2: you've seen the show before. Not an
1: in indictment of Orlando Brown. It's just this place. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel to me like that would be in the in in the cards at all. I I just don't. I mean, look, free agency hasn't started yet. There really aren't even a ton of rumors about that uh, for any team. So we'll have to see. But I I, I just feel like this is why I feel like Durant Payne on the tag just makes too much sense for them. There is no guaranteed money involved. They can sort of kick the can down the road, like you're saying, and see if a new owner comes on board either before the deadline or, you know, after the
2: season to work out. the, the real upside there is it gives you a year to watch Chase Young and, and see what you need to do with Chase Young, um, which, which kind of looms over the whole thing. But man, if I were to run, I, I would. If I were his agent, I would give serious consideration to not playing on that tag and, and trying to force something. I, I I think I would lean that direction.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a, a really fascinating point when we get later down uh, the line for sure. And you know, if they wait till after the draft you know i think that's where they make the mistake if you're going to trade him you got to do it before the draft to yep. get picks for this year yep. obviously if you're trading for a player well then i guess that's just a whole other story but the, 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 you know the compensatory pick thing if he leaves in free agency i mean that's fine but that's a third round pick the next year they yep. you know especially for Rivera you got to win now um so he's got to have to read that room um i did a recap from the combine about different topics, you know, thought about, heard about, what have you, and and one of them was like, for we talk a lot about Jeron Payne, Chase Young's gotten some attention, but we really haven't talked about Montez Sweat much at all as a community, I guess I would say. And this is a guy who is yeah. going to hit the last year of his deal. This is the the whole deal. We, we, we all that time we were worried about Jonathan Allen. Are they going to get a deal done? We spent last off wondering the same thing with Jeron Payne, and now Sweat's getting like no attention. It feels like because of. The pain, and not to mention all the other stuff going on, um, you know. I'm not saying he's one of the best defensive ends in the league, but he's really good, and um, you know, I, they got to make a call. But I, from what I've told, it, I think the feeling is he's probably going to like Payne, go in and play the fifth year out. Uh, what, where are you at with uh, sort of the whole Montez Sweat
2: thingy? It feels a little bit like the end of the uh, Preston Smith era to me. Uh, you know, where a guy who just was good but not outright dominant in a star. And it's tough to accurately price that into a hometown market. Um, you know, it, maybe he is underappreciated. Maybe he just isn't as big of a star as they thought he would be. It, maybe it's the guys he plays alongside. Maybe he brings out the best in them. There's just, there's a lot to factor in there. Um, I agree with you. Most likely outcome. He plays it out. Um, I struggle with this one because I struggle with what he's worth and whether they should resign him. If you don't have him, you have a glaring absence that you need to do something about. But if you do have him, do you do you cripple your ability to build a winning team on the rest of the 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 you know, every other unit? I that's a tricky one for me.
1: It is, it is. I mean ultimately and part of the deal here is it's not just whether these guys you should pay them or not. You also have to maximize your assets. And that's something that they've obviously been really lousy at. The last yeah, few years with Kirk Cousins leaving for a third, not getting anything close to full value on Trent Williams, Brandon yep. Scherf leaving for a compensatory third. Um And if we say third, it's really the beginning of the fourth, however you want to look yeah. at it. But, you know, that 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 whole deal. So they've done a a, a poor job of that. And they're in this situation right now. Again, I, I, I do kind of feel like the Chase Young part of it is on is probably the, the most challenging aspect. If 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 you knew that Chase Young was doing everything everybody expected of him coming out, this isn't that complicated. You you, sure. you, you look the trade, either pain or sweat, and call it a day. Um, but the fact that he is where he is, where he's missed, you know what he missed twenty two games in a row with the knee injury. Uh, he you know has he's had uh, like one and a half sacks since his rookie year. I mean, I know he missed a bunch of games, but you know still he played he's also played in games um that that's pretty lousy Uh, you know they're in such a great position with all these linemen but if they let pain or sweat go now all of a sudden you might be only down to two of them if if case young doesn't kind of work out here so i really think that one is so tough and where are you at because you were you were there uh, ron rivera told you um that they were debating whether to pick up the fifth year option on chase young which will be about 17.94 million do you get when you were standing there and and watching the man say words, did you get a feel for, this is a a real thing. I really completely buy it or more of like, look, we're kind of sending a message, but ultimately what we'll we'll get this done.
2: I think it might be a real thing. And, you know, I, I think that to your earlier point, I think you should trade one of them this off season. I think that's when you maximize, I think we all agree. All three of them sweat young and Montez sweat or or, Montez is sweat, it's sweat. Young and uh, Payne, uh, you know, of the three, I think we all agree, all three aren't getting long-term deals here. I think you want to trade one of them. Man, the, the Chase Young thing. So you have a number two overall pick in the draft, and you're talking about whether to pick up the fifth the year, you lost. Like, that was that, that was a loss. Just put it on the board. Uh, you know, you, you didn't get what you needed to get out of the number two overall pick. He could still be a very good NFL player. I think he could still be an NFL star. I think he may need a change of scenery to do that. Uh, but, but man, anytime you have a number two overall pick and this is the debate, it just didn't work out in your favor here. You know, same with Robert back in the day and just, you know, you need more when you pick number two overall, you need a franchise player and they've gotten a player who's been very good. who has been defensive rookie of the year, but he hasn't altered the trajectory of the team in a meaningful way yet. And, you know, the injury was certainly a major factor there. Um, but even when he's been healthy, he's run very hot and cold. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it, and I totally so, get. And so, I, I guess to, to answer the question more directly, I would trade Chase Young. I would try to build up his value and try to trade him. Hey, he's coming off the injury. Hey, you know, th- this is this is the guy you want. This is a, a, you know, give us some first round picks for him. I think in reality, though, other teams may be skeptical of, of buying in on him.
1: Yeah, for sure. Not only is it the the injury and the lack of production, but you know, when, again, we we we've mentioned this before, but when Rivera in 2021 kept talking about the lack of maturity and discipline or he needed to see more. He was basically talking about chase needing to see more from, from him. And uh, that's a huge, it's a huge deal. And that's why it's going to be fascinating. Assuming he is here to see what, he, what he, what he's doing when he comes back here. Is he the guy who, you know, is he, I, I don't know how to say, does somebody look more serious, but like, you know, is he out there uh, dancing around during practices, uh, you know, in between things and, and at least giving the perception of a guy who's not completely um, all in on every moment of the day, the way we th- we see with other guys, or is he out there? Look, I've, I've, I've recovered. I know what I need to do. And he goes out there and he's a monster. Uh, that would obviously be
2: great, but you know, I, I, it's not like anybody at this point can say that's definitely going to happen. Oh no, not at all. And you know, he's maybe one of the last of the Dan Snyder guys too, obviously had ties to the Snyder family, Uh, maybe enjoyed a little bit of protection from that, uh, from his coach and was able to kind of call the shots a little bit more than your average player. Uh, That's about to go out the window too. So it's, you know, an an interesting year for him as Ron really reclaims the, the upper hand in that relationship.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, uh, that's a very good point for sure. Perhaps that even led to Ron saying what he said. Uh, cuz you know what's the point I, um yeah interesting uh for sure um let's talk quarterbacks. Uh That's a
2: that's a new podcast record. I I mean we're we're pretty deep in here before we get to quarterbacks. I love it. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean
1: uh you know it, it, there really isn't I mean I, it doesn't feel like there's that much to talk about unless you think that all the Sam Howe talk is a smokescreen, but it feels like it's pretty apparent that you know, they're going to, you know, Sam Howell's the guy going into the offseason. And I think the point will be, who do they bring in as the other quarterback? You know, you can make, you can talk all about you want with competitions like Rivera did um, after his first year here when he didn't have Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins compete. And then he said, next year, we'll definitely have a competition. Then he gives Ryan Fitzpatrick a $10 million <laughs> a year salary with Taylor Heineke who had played one game basically. And and we're like, yeah, okay, this is not a thing. Um, So, so that, could happen here. You know, they can manipulate that to a degree, but I guess where are you at with Sam Howe And I guess you know how how much do you buy that you know in fact he will most likely be the starter next year?
2: Yeah, I think if you look at who they're going to bring in as the number two, I think the decision will make itself in a lot of ways. Even if it's Heineke, I still think How's your logical starter. Even if it's Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, name name your guy, whoever you're excited about today. Like I, I don't think any of those guys are, are obvious. Like, oh, my gosh, you've got to start him over the kid kind of guys. People are excited about how they want to see what he can bring to the table. Um, And I think that's the correct way to go. Look, it's the NFL. Everybody's Well, you know, Ron didn't commit to him for the season. Like, dude, even if Ron did commit to him for the season, like in the NFL, you you are as good as your coach says you are that day. Like, how how many times have we had starters who just, you know, don't have it one day and everybody's calling for their head, even though they got some kind of crazy – deal or long-term commitment or whatever like that's just not how the nfl works people trying to parse like did he name him qb1 starter for week one whatever it is like dude there's so long between now and then so many things could happen like there's so few guys in the nfl that know right now they're gonna run out of the tunnel for their team as qb1 week one and and like sam howell has got the best odds of being that guy um but so much happens between now and then um you know, personally, I'd love for Heineke to come back, but I think there's good options. I think a guy like Dalton, you know, a, a guy like, uh, you, know, a, you know, one of those veteran guys, I think there's going to be a lot of them here when the market starts shaking out. We get to legal tampering uh, next week or the week after. I forget which one. Um, I, I think Eric Bieniemy being here is going to be a real positive uh, in terms of landing somebody to be QB2. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to want to be a part of this and work with him. So yeah, I I think they get a name, but I think they let him sit behind Sam Howell. I'm assuming that's where you are on this as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I think earlier
1: on, I was more of the opinion that Rivera is going to recognize he needs to, you know, get as the the best quarterback he can afford in here because he's got to win this season realistically to impress the new owner enough to to keep the job. And look, Sam Howell might be, you know, the the old the guy for the next ten years. But, you know, he's basically a rookie and typically rookies don't win, you know, finish with winning seasons. Um, So that, that's why I kind of was like, well, you know, somehow, but it'll be with like an Andy Dalton, somebody who, again, I I I, I get it. Andy Dalton's nobody's desired choice, but he can win. He had a decent year yeah. last year. But now that we're a little bit deeper into it, now I kind of feel like it's going to be more of that Heineke type guy who really isn't a starter. I mean, you know, spot starter yeah. or whatever, but like not that guy effectively, give, you know, you know, giving it to, to Sam Howell. And I definitely have had a few people, you know, when I was in Indy and elsewhere say that, you know, they from what they gather, Heineke is going to be the guy. Now Heineke has some say in that. He'll have his own options to consider. And, you know, the, with Derek Carr going to the Saints, you know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't leave Green Bay, what does that do for the Jets? What does that do for the overall market? So we'll see. But I don't know. Right now, I, I think I'm more higher, I'm higher on Heineke than I was uh, and I don't necessarily know that's a good or a bad thing, but I, I kind of, I mean, I to me that would be borderline fraudulent. With Ron keeps saying competition, no disrespect to Taylor, but you are not bringing him in to to be the one. Correct, yeah, of course, we all see that. Yep, right. But at the same point, like that to me is feeling like uh, that could be it again. Again, long way to go. We'll see. But I <laughs> Heineke, Heine- I I am more I am more buying Heineke back than I was or uh, a couple weeks ago.
2: there you. Got standing scoop, I love it. Um, it's um to me you know it's not just that ron has to win now the enemy has to win now too he could be out of here in a year as well if he doesn't win and he really doesn't have a safety net available so i mean i think he needs to win almost as much or more than ron does this year. Well, well this is a great uh, great segue because
1: a question i've been pondering I, I i can't remember what happened yesterday let alone if i talked about it on this here or the radio but who do you think has more pressure on them next year Ron Rivera or Eric Bieniemy, It it is interesting because obviously Rivera has been here. This is his fourth year, the head coach and all that. And a, and a, and a new OC, you know, typically that's not a big deal, but obviously Bieniemy is a, huge a big story. Deal. So what do you think? Who do you think has
2: more pressure on them uh this year? I tip my hand there. I think it's Eric Bieniemy, absolutely. Because I look, if Ron, if this is Ron's last year as an NFL coach, and I think we all agree he's not going to get another job after this. If this is Ron's last year as an NFL coach ron has had a heck of a career he's done so much he made the super bowl in carolina he is the face of that team he can always go back there and receive a standing o in that stadium anytime he wants he has beaten cancer publicly um he has navigated this team and that team through through so much um he's could be on nfl network if he wants to be on nfl network he can he can go tell everybody to shove it and go to bermuda You, you it's been a long and fulfilling career for Ron Rivera. He has accomplished great things in the NFL. Like you could just, you just put that period on it. If this season goes off the rails and this is the end, or there's a new owner and he wants his guy, Ron Rivera, you know, a good football career. Eric Bieniemy, man, let's turn the page here to Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy is still writing his story. And if if it goes off the rails for him this year, he's probably going to be a quarterbacks coach somewhere the next year. He's probably going to be like an assistant level guy somewhere, like. That's a big step back on a career uh, that, you know, he, he is kind of the star of, hey, why, why aren't black guys getting coaching opportunities right now? He's, he's putting all his chips in the middle of the table. It's, it's all riding on production here. I think it was a good move for him. I think it was a good move for Washington. But, but even good moves come with downsides. And the downside is if, if this thing doesn't work out, he is unquestionably in a worse place than where he started.
1: You, th- this is a, a a good a good uh, rant there from you. Uh you know, this is why uh this is why we bring you on to, to bring uh, this is
2: why you this is why you pay me seven figures per appearance and, and you know I I'm I'm here to earn it.
1: Uh yeah. This is also why I have twelve jobs if I'm paying you seven figures <laughs> per appearance. Um Michael Phillips, uh, great job as always at Michael P R T D on Twitter. Anything uh, people need to else be aware of, you you always have stuff going on or new articles out anything people should be uh keeping an eye on
2: oh, always irons in the fire now, now on the richmond.com side we're all march madness right now we've got to get vcu in that's very important right now for the city to to get them dancing uh i don't uva man like they they look a lot like that umbc team like if the shooting's off like i don't know so you know we'll see i, I may regret that in a couple of weeks So it's it's all hoops on the staff uh, I'm i'm waiting for this team to sell you know we're just we're waiting for it, and uh, I, I know uh, the league meetings are coming up. That's always a good time, some information gathering. I I can't wait for the shoe to drop, and uh, excited to come back on and talk about it with you.
1: All right. Well, I'm glad you're on top of March Madness because I am not. When you when you uh, pay attention to a team that uh, has uh, won like two conference <laughs> games in three years, it's not much <laughs> oh, to get excited about.
2: Oh, uh, <laughs> dude that <laughs> yeah. that that is, that is painful
1: yeah i try to i try to get in on i used to be a big maryland fan but uh you know i I college football basketball is not my bag, so i don't pretend i'm emotionally invested but you know i hope all the locals can get there and and i don't count richmond as the the dc area but hey vcu sure let's go let's go let's help the richmond times dispatches cause and get the rams in the tournament um michael appreciate it as always man
2: we'll uh we'll talk soon absolutely take care ben